0: If you'd like to know why eating wild is the key to burning more body fat, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you.
1: Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master. Their health productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and World Championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today and without further ado, let's jump right in.
0: Yo, what up, guys? Welcome to episode number 77 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. Today on the show, we're talking about the wild diet with the fat-burning man, Abel James. Abel James is a New York Times bestselling author. He's a musician and virtual reality producer and host of the hit podcast, Fat-Burning Man. His new book of irreverent poetry is called Designer Babies Still Get Scabies, and that will be available July 27th of this year, 2019. Man, what an honor it was to have the Fat-Burning Man on the show today. We talk about his wild diet and how to lose 20 pounds in 40 days, why it is imperative that we start to eat more ancestrally or eat more wild uh, in terms of foods that Mother Nature provides, and why those are beneficial from a fat loss standpoint. So what we cover in this episode is how to build out your plate from a wild diet perspective, how to utilize the wild diet for different body types what sort of lifestyle factors are also part of the wild diet how it's not just relegated to the nutrition that we take in but also the lifestyle that we're living and how that impacts how our body stores body fat we talk about stress management eating seasonally and a lot about the misinformation the marketing and the propaganda that is so relevant today in the fitness industry, in the fitness nutrition industry. And so I think you guys, as always, are going to love this episode. Abel James is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in this business for quite some time. And if you haven't already, or if you're not already familiar with the Fat-Burning Man show, you guys need to head over and check it out. Without further ado, let's jump in. Here's Abel James. Abel James, the man, the myth. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, really well. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, man. It's it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Uh, You're big time, bro. And, uh, you know, I've been following you for a little bit. I know you don't don't acknowledge that, but you're doing great things in health and fitness uh, for nutrition. So with that said, let's talk, uh, let's just jump in and talk about your book. You know, you wrote a book called The Wild Diet, and it says, Go Beyond Paleo to Burn Fat, Beat Cravings, and Drop 20 Pounds in 40 Days. I'd love to hear a little bit about the impetus for that. But before we do, it says, go beyond paleo. What's the deal? You do not want to get pigeonholed into uh, the paleo camp?
2: Um, when you publish with a giant publisher, sometimes <laughs> they don't let you use the words you want and make you use other words that you don't want to use. So that may or may not be the case with this instance. Hence, right self-publishing the next book. <laughs>
0: Very good. And we will jump into the next book. But you know, you're, you're famous for your wild diet and your fatburningman.com and and all of its um, resources. But talk to us about the wild diet, you know, in a nutshell, what is the wild diet and how did it come to be?
2: Yeah. So uh, long story short, I see it as dietary self-defense and and lifestyle self-defense. It's not something where it's the magic bullet. It's not new. It's not anything that's ridiculous or crazy. Although it may be crazy when compared to the standards of the standard, you know, the sad diet, the the way that most people are eating, it's it's dramatically different from that. Um, but the wild diet is is the name of the concept in the book. Um, is something that you know words are so tricky, and and hence you know like the poetry book that comes after. I could have called it nature's diet or something like that. Sure. Um, but the word nature and natural has been so abused and twisted and distorted. It means nothing. Like whole foods is ironic. <laughs> like you can't use those words anymore right. the way that you should. Wild to me is a concept in a word that hasn't been so brutalized and, and twisted as, as the others. And to me, what wild represents is something that's dramatically different from the norm. But also, uh, more importantly, as nature intended, you know, that honors mother nature. That, so we're working with nature instead of trying to dominate nature to do our bidding. And uh, so as that relates to like building a plate or looking at your food, it's going to be mostly plants, um, things that are obviously healthy for you that your grandmother would have told you to eat you know yep. <laughs> in, a, in a well-meaning way um, home making your foods at home is extremely important if you want to eat real foods as nature intended and know what went in them so that's a big part of the lifestyle factor we really teach a lot of people how to do that and focus on okay yeah we get the health stuff we know we have to eat our vegetables and high quality meats but how do we make this fun how do we still yeah. eat cookies you know, how can I make a meal for eight people in 15 minutes? And so we try to focus more on that sort of thing because uh, it, it's me and my wife and then a small team um, who help us out virtually. But we we do this because we find great meaning in it and, and we love teaching people uh, ways to thrive themselves because... Uh, I, I basically hit my rock bottom from a health perspective way before a lot of my friends did. I'm in my mid-30s now. This was like as soon as I hit my 20s, got my first real job, um, got my first real great health insurance and great doctor. Right. Following that advice um, made me fat and sick within less than a year. And so um, so eventually starting up the, the podcast, putting out my books and that sort of thing is a way to help uh, give people an alternative to that world of suffering that I I really did experience, unfortunately, or at least got a, a good old taste of in my early 20s. And I never want to go back. What
0: What made you kind of come to the realization that I need to shift to eating more, um, you know, to what Mother Nature intended, as you call it, wild, or as I've heard you say, ancestral and and from the earth? Kind of where did that come from for you?
2: Yeah. Well, for me, it's, I, I'm really thankful. Um, my mom uh, is trained as a nurse and became a nurse practitioner, but it, as a whole like add on to that or or even kind of a separate uh, career, she became an herbalist and a holistic health practitioner and an author um, herself. And let's see, it was about 25, 30 years ago now, I think 20 to 30 years ago, she was on the, um, the health circuits giving speeches and going to conferences and that sort of thing giving out pamphlets about how to use plants to heal. And so for me that was that was just normal like growing up when I got sick because oh this is another thing it's I got extremely sick with a very high temperature when I was a, a an infant and so I'm allergic to almost every antibiotic and I'm allergic to mm. a ton of things. So there weren't many options to heal me outside of kind of the alternative world and so that was kind of the default, and it was my rebelling against that when I got that fancy doctor sure. and that fancy job and that fancy insurance um, that really made me sick. And it was, in fact, I was running 30, 50 miles a week. I was eating almost no dietary fat. You know, I was trying to do all the things that he told me to stay away from cholesterol, all the low-fat you know, propaganda that was still kind of going on uh, in the 2000s, um, but is now you know really been tempered down. I was in the thick of it and tried following it and it just clearly didn't work. I got sick so fast and I got overweight so fast that I'm like, this clearly isn't working, right? And so yeah. let's try something else. And so it was, it was really marrying the world that I came from of alternative health, real food honoring nature that, that my folks taught to me. And not just my mom either, but generations kind of going back were farmers and, and lived in and, and came from that world and, and that was all that they knew. Um, Combining that with, you know, when I was overweight, I'm like, what is some alternative? Like what, what makes sense as an ideal for health? Who gets it? And it would be, you know, competitive athletes. It would be bodybuilders and, and kind of like fitness models know how to manipulate their body composition. So clearly there's a path to do, do that as well and, and figure that out. And so it was doing research into kind of the physiology of of how the body works and looking at carbs and macronutrients that allowed me to experiment with intermittent fasting, um, get fat adapted and then kind of experiment with cyclic ketogenic dieting and trying to add mass in the right places. This is back in my twenties when I was dating and stuff and kind of interested in that. Now it's, it's much more focused in health than it was then, but that was kind of like the hook back then. So I feel like to me, having gone through a lot of that that process, I feel like I can empathize with a lot of people on the other end um, to some degree. Because like the reason that I do this is because I never want them to be in that position that I was there, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so it, it was pretty intuitive for you to just turn to real food and you already had a, a decent understanding of, of what to eat and how to start to eat it and how to implement it to some degree. And then some degree, yeah. And, and then you married that, which I think is fascinating you know, whatever, 10, 12, 14 years ago with elements of intermittent fasting, which yeah. as popularized as it is now, you know, it's something people have been doing obviously forever. It just right. wasn't such popular terminology or fat or, you know, terms. But how did you... You know what was your experimentation with the intermittent fasting process, and is sort of the rationale as you marry it with this this wild diet? Is it is it from a health component? Is it from just a, a caloric control or caloric restriction standpoint? And how do you kind of weave those together?
2: Yeah. So, and I love that question. For me, I've tried to experiment with seeing how much I can get away with um, not eating from a Performance standpoint just kind of lifestyle standpoint. Um, I think if you're going to be fasting you're not really or if you're even going to be like totally fat adapted you can't be extremely competitive um, like you would be maybe in your teens or 20s. But that's not really my goal now. Back then maybe more so but I was you know it's like that saying you feel your oats right it's Mm -hmm. like if you're running a lot or you're doing a lot of working out you feel your oats (laughs) And you feel if you don't eat your oats too, you feel if you gas out and you bonk, I've been there. And so, um, yeah, at at this point, it's really more of a lifestyle thing where I enjoy eating one or one and a half meals toward the ends of the end of the day, usually around three or four is when I start, I'll have, uh, you know, some greens in the form of a juice, um, a smoothie. Or maybe a salad, maybe some bone broth to get going, and um, just kind of like light snacking, nuts and things like that. But staying away from sugars, um, I'm making sure that the first thing that hits my belly. I I find that this is really important. Like the first thing that you eat should be as healthy as possible, should be Mm -hmm. not sweet. Um, Otherwise, you can really set yourself up for later cravings or just kind of like this. Absolutely. So you want to get this nice base of uh of fibrous foods. And and so another thing, it's like when I was younger, um I really had a lot of pride that I think came from condition conditioning, you know, being a man, it's like the more you eat, the more of a man you are. And I kind of had to get that out of my conditioning to some degree. And now I feel like the more I can get away with feeling good and not eating a ton or not eating often, the better off it is from a lifestyle factor it's like if you're eating three to six meals a day that's a lot of shopping that's a lot of preparation that's a lot of money it's a lot of eating out whatever if you're um preparing and cooking and cleaning up after one or one and a half meals a day that you're eating at home it's like it's hard not to lose if it makes sense where it's like it's hard to win if you're out there in the world trying to like order out from restaurants and do all this stuff in the normal world but if like you're willing to totally experiment with throwing that away then uh eating less often can really help. And, and I don't, I try not to overcomplicate it or say like, yes. you're going to get a huge boost of growth hormone or whatever. I sure. don't, you know, maybe, maybe not. Everyone's a little bit different. There are a lot of rabbit holes you can go down, but I can say after doing this for like nine years of this, this type of fasting, um, you know, starting more with, I, I should say, I've been doing this style of fasting, the one one and a half meals a day for probably around seven or eight years. But I started with basically to get back to your earlier question, just pushing out breakfast. So I always thought that I was, and I was, I was hungry all the time. I was, I was eating all the time. I was hungry all the time. Then I realized that if I don't eat, oftentimes I don't get hungry and that hunger that might come passes. And so I just, and this is how I encourage other people to start is um, just push out whatever you're eating a couple hours Mm-hmm. And if that, once that feels normal, push it out another hour, another couple hours. And on the days that it doesn't feel good to do that, by all means, eat. Like, yeah. You probably need it. You know what I mean? But um, but then after pushing it out for a while, I was lifting more back then. Um, I was working out more often. And so I found that eating around noon and working out around that time or maybe right after that first small meal was really great back then. Uh-huh. And so now I really like the... The even simpler and eating less often thing. And, and being in my thirties, I can kind of get away with it more. And I should say, everyone's different. My wife, she still eats uh, rarely in the morning, but sometimes more often it, it's between like 12 and two that she'll have her first meal and then continue eating until, you know, maybe seven, seven thirty or something is when we wind down with with some chocolate or a nice, that's the other little thing. It's like, if you eat less often, you can afford eating little treats every once in a while. And it's not a big yeah. deal.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting, man. I think it really lends itself to the environment that mm. we, you know, experience on a daily basis. And obviously our, our stressors and our environment and, and, and just the, the, you know, blood sugar regulations and, and the, uh the things that we place upon ourselves that can influence all of those things. And and so obviously it's a very big shift for the average American to do what you're doing and, and the position that you're in is very different. So if we mm-hmm. were to kind of dial it back to just the normal person and they're they're in a position where they're really looking to improve their nutrition, they already have a good idea of, yeah, I mean, obviously I want to eat whole real foods. Mm-hmm. Um on a daily basis and I might be experimenting with a little bit of fasting here and there I might you know wait until 10 or 11 or 12 on a few days a week and I seem to be able to uh, consistently push that back as I become more comfortable with the fasting process but kind of how would you build out like what would a typical you you would start to talk about you know typical plate would look at least mm-hmm. half full of vegetables. And, and so how would you kind of build out a day for just the average person real quick?
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, it depends on the person. It depends on the goals. Are we talking someone who's just looking to tune up their health a little bit or with any particular end yeah. Goal in
0: mind? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say like someone who's just generally like they're physically active. They exercise a you know, few days a week consistently. They're cognizant of their nutrition. Like I said, they do have some Good nutrition habits in place to the degree that they're willing to eat a fair amount of vegetables they're willing to prep their food to a degree, but we're all quote unquote busy right we none yeah. of us have that much time or at least we haven't prioritized it to the degree that you know um you would need to to be uh making all of your meals in a given week if does yeah. that make sense
2: yeah i mean there are some I would encourage people at the beginning. To um, take <laughs> take the shortcuts in the sense of like everywhere has a salad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you show up at a place and it's like, I don't know what to eat. I, I'm going to freak out. So I guess I'll just get like something that I know is probably bad for me and give up here. <laughs> yes. It's like, no, everywhere has a salad. McDonald's has salads and bottles and stuff. I don't know if they still do, but like just watch it, you know, do the obvious thing. Watch out for all of the goop and mayonnaise and junk that is in most of the dressings but it's like if you want veg no matter where you are pretty much every place has that at this point so let's be honest about that and then for me I'm really big on um because I'm it's not like we do live a weird and different life for sure most of the time it's at home but also we lived in a fifth wheel traveling around the country for two years and uh, a fifth wheel trailer rv if people don't know what that is and so um we've Lived in more than a dozen different states. We've lived off grid plenty of times, and we have always found a way to make it work. Uh, we've always found a way to find a farm, or find a market, or find a corner store, or find something, or just fast. You know, mm-hmm. find a good excuse to fast. But you know, obviously, not everyone is starting there. So what I would say is like, um, if you're going out, do the right thing. Like deep down you know what the good advice is. You know you should eat your veggies. You don't need fat burning man to tell you that. You really don't, right? right? It's like, you need to do it. You need to put in the work. You need to be willing to be very weird and be a fluke. Um, but I would say, okay, so here's, here's one way to win, whether you're at home or especially on the road, is pack up um, in your pack your like go-to you know are healthy and filling snack foods and if you don't have some of those just like rattling off some of mine um nuts are usually a, an easy win watch out for you know fried nuts in terrible oils and lots right. much salt and msg and stuff. make sure that all this stuff is clean um and then I, I'm a big fan of if you can find high quality seafood that you like that's portable and in a can that that travels great. In to different that. countries, yep. you know, and we get kind of uh, experimental with that sometimes too. It's like I love. I found that I love smoked oyster, smoked oysters. Yeah, I love different those. types of uh, sardines, different mm-hmm. types of smoked fish. There, are, if if you're like, ew, sardines, it doesn't have to be sardines. There are so many different kinds. Like, I'll eat canned salmon. You can throw some onions in there. It's really easy to. um, put fresh foods in your pack if you're leaving that day another thing if you're on the road um and and i would do this all the time when i was traveling for business it's like you stay at a hotel and then you just walk or take an uber or whatever not to a restaurant to a grocery store you go to a grocery store then you get whatever foods you want and maybe you have a little fridge maybe you, you don't back in your place but you can prepare almost anything and you don't need to um cook it. Like it doesn't have to, I I see it when you're on the road. And if this is really your goal to be more healthy, then like just prioritize it, make it a priority. Don't go to the fast food place, go to the grocery store. Like I literally haven't set foot into uh, like a fast food place, except for like on the freeway to go to the bathroom for a second in, in years. And it's like, you don't have to either, but you can go into grocery stores anywhere and almost anywhere you are that's that you're going to be for business and find good, fresh veg, uh, maybe some yogurt, throw some nuts in there. Um, where's some other good snacks. There were a lot, you know, 10 years ago, there weren't a whole lot of pasture raised wild meats that you could get, you know, and pre-prepared and take on the road. Now there are so many like clean beef jerkies, little, little jerky, slim Jim sticks that are made with grass fed meats and that sort of thing. Um,
0: now hey, I would like hard
2: boiled eggs, avocado, hard boiled eggs, deviled yeah. eggs. You know, we, we right. sometimes Allison will make these giant salads that we'll have for our main meal. And she's put, you know, succulent, I think it was a filet mignon over the top. We've put barbecue over the top. You can make it as delicious as you want. Um, but the biggest thing about that is just like prepare ahead of time, prepare before you're hungry, prepare, prepare the night before, like take it with you, put whatever you can in your pack. Another thing that really helps that I put in my book too, um, there are several little like canisters and containers that you can put spices in like salt, pepper, garlic uh, powder, onion powder, and cinnamon and chocolate powder is what I usually put in mine. And those little canisters full of spices can um, make an otherwise really boring meal or snack amazing. You know, just like, one that's a go-to is you throw a couple avocados in the pack. They'll last for a few days. You cut it in half when you're hungry. And my wife and I will each have a half. We'll sprinkle some salt, pepper, and then some of that onion powder, um, garlic powder over the top of that. And it's, it's, you know, just use little sporks and then eat yeah. right out of the rind. And whether you're, you're camping or in an airport, it's you can do it hey brother are you struggling to
0: find the energy to function at your best as a businessman father and husband i want you to know you're not alone and sadly the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong if you want to find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting soul-crushing workouts or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. So assuming we're really, you know, we're making a a very concerted effort to prep our own foods and eat at home and and we're using recipes from the wild diet, how important is it to be choosing foods that are pastured and, um, you know, um, or or organic or uh, free range, or, you know, how do people differentiate between some of this terminology that is
2: very manipulated in the industry? That, it's such a great point today because all of these words are very squishy and tricky and none of them are enforced or you know none of them are true. So when people say, well, organic food is stupid and it's overpriced and it's just a big scam. It's like, well, no. <laughs> a lot of it organic food at Whole Foods? Yeah, a lot of that is well, a right. big so yes scam, no. Yeah. But but if you're talking about like what food should actually be, do you want to eat <laughs> like toxic pesticides on your food that are going to kill you and give you cancer at some point, you know, that are going to kill you early or your body's going to have to deal with, or are you going to try to keep it as clean as possible? Now, organic only has to be something like 95% organic. And then the other 5% can be pure poison, but even there are pure poisons that are also organic. So it's like, it's not about the organic word. It's about eating clean and being honest with yourself. So it's like, do you want to eat a pig that was standing in its own feces for its entire life and then was sick and then, you know, the meat. I, I can say this. People, I used to work in restaurants and, and at the good restaurants, the people who are choosing the meat know that it's the pasture raised, it's the or, organically raised as nature intended it, intended foods that are fresh and haven't been altered by man or machine that really taste the best. They have the best Flavors—they speak for themselves. You don't need to over um, over flavor or over spice these foods because they taste great just as they are. Um, so that's a really important thing to keep in mind. It's it's not about how much food costs. I had to get over this. It's about the quality of food. The point is that I think people need
0: to take a step back and think about the food that they're eating and where it's coming from on a yes. much more grandiose levels we're never going to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. Uh, Yes. Would it be nice if you can source your own food and get it at the farmer's market and be buying, you know, if you live in a big city, be buying it online from Mm -hmm. companies where it's sustainably farmed and what have you. And you know, it is important for people to educate themselves on this, nomenclature like what does Mm -hmm. it mean to be organic what does it mean to be free-range or cage-free or grass-fed and grass-finished and and so we won't get into that minutiae but it's it's highly manipulated terminology that is simply used for marketing purposes and so like you said is whole foods is you know quickly becoming not so wholesome and not so vested in the interest of those that are really want to live a healthy lifestyle. Rather, it's kind of being manipulative, which is um, discouraging and disheartening. With that Mm -hmm. said is, with that said is, you know, the positive thing is that there's so much more, there's so many more options now at our disposal to the degree Mm -hmm. that we can go to the airport and we can choose, you know, uh, to get some, String cheese and some hard-boiled eggs and some nuts and seeds and sometimes it's like some sprouted nuts and seeds and yeah. you know it's there's a there's simply a, a lot more options but but the the step is to become more aware of the foods that you're eating in line uh, of kind of what Mother Nature would intended so I can certainly appreciate that so let me ask what other factors are involved. Uh, or kind of an essential part of living this wild lifestyle and and following this wild diet?
2: Staying away from the things that hijack your brain and emotions is big. So one one thing to really, that's easy to stick to is if you're eating a food and as you eat it, it makes you more hungry, then it's not going to be a good food to fill up on. It's not going to be a good food for your habits. It's probably going to be a trigger food. And so like social media um, and reality shows and and tabloids or whatever, these foods are meant to go after your your primitive nature, your lowest common denominator. And so whenever you feel like that's that's being hit, be careful. You know, take a step back and try to put yourself back into control. Cause otherwise, you know, your your hand's gonna be at the bottom of an empty bag of tostitos or whatever. Um, even if they're organic Tostitos, it doesn't matter, right? Like that's, that's how it's manipulated. Yeah. Anything that is um, driving you to overconsume any food or any media or any gimmicky workout that's, that's the only workout that's going to work for you, it's all nonsense. This is is much more about a practice, the little things you do every day that add up over a long time. It's like not about eating a, a salad when you're excited about it. It's about eating a salad every day for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. the difference. It's, it's not like it's this, this thing that we're figuring out for the first time and no one's li- ever lived this way. It's like this kind of used to be the default. And now we need to artificially create this, this default. That's probably why they call them health nuts because it's like a whole different thing. You have to be obsessed with it. You have to be in your own little cult of, of health fanatics because otherwise 80% of us are going to be obese by 2030. It's like, yeah. you don't want to follow that herd. So you have to be different. You have to embrace that, I think.
0: Yeah, you have to be very strategic and concerted about how you're building out your day and, and leveraging that towards success. And it's yeah. just takes time and energy and practice. And, you know, just like anything else, just like building a business or um, building your body or, uh, all of those things. And, and there's so many things that are competing for our attention mm-hmm. so frequently that it becomes very easily to get sidetracked. And, and, and so sort of tapping into why you're doing what you're doing and yeah, and saying, I'm eating this way because I know that it makes me feel better when yeah. I, eat this. And yeah, I'd love to crush, you know, some fruity pebbles right now. And, mm-hmm and have a couple beers at the end of a long day. But I know that tomorrow I have responsibilities that are driving me, you know, personal, professional, whatever. And those Mm -hmm. are going to, you know, they're going to subtract from my success with those. And I think keeping that in mind is really, really important. Um, What have you observed as far as how stress affects, you know, someone's ability to live a healthy lifestyle, to, to eat, uh, an appropriate diet in line with your guidelines.
2: It's tricky cuz a lot of people use stress as a fuel, especially today, which you can kind of do for a while until you crash out and then have some serious problems. And and that's kind of what happened to me in my early 20s, so you you need to do the best you can to avoid that. Um and so, if you know, you're listening to this and it's like I've been eating well, I've been working out for a while, but I just—I still have extra weight, I'm still not feeling good. Um, Well, are you sleeping? Are you stressed out? Because those are the next things to tackle. And it's hard to do all of these. You kind of have to tackle and master them one at a time, I think. So it's really great to go serially like that, where it's like, let's go after the nutrition, let's figure that out. All right, let's get the workouts, let's figure that out. Or too much, too much, I'm not sleeping. Okay, I'm stressed out, this is bad all right, let's dial down the workouts. Let's focus on just getting solid sleep and recovery for a while. See what that feels like. Okay, I'm feeling a little like bored and too rested and I'm getting a little chubby again. Let's work out again. And then it's just that for the rest of your life. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's so interesting and
0: counterintuitive, but it seems like if, if we just had none of this media at our disposal, and we were just kind of chilling like in the woods and really able to kind of feel what we what our body was telling us what our brain was telling us i think intuitively we would do the right things that's right we would say am i legitimately hungry i'm going to eat do i need to sleep i'm going to sleep do i really feel like going and crushing a workout right now or is it me just kind of rationalizing things that i'm telling myself yeah, that I'm seeing that I should be doing. And so, I, I mean, you know, none of what you're preaching per se is, is
2: revolutionary. And you no. know that, and no, you say it's that not. watch out for that. In fact, anything yeah. that anybody says that's revolutionary today, I think is highly suspicious to begin yeah. with because we don't need more information. We really don't. We need more more ways to feel like we're worth putting it into action, and we need more faith uh, that there is a path to be where we want to be to improve our bodies, our lives, our health
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, how has your view of nutrition changed like because you've been at this a long time, and i I can sense that you know there's there's areas of immense frustration, like when we talk about food marketing and propaganda yeah. Um, But I'm curious, you know, how your view of of food and the industry and especially the weight loss industry, man, it's so frustrating (laughs) at times, but but
2: how has kind of that evolved for you over the years? It has evolved. I, uh, especially when I was younger, had a big chip on my shoulder, having been tricked. Um, And so I was really against shakes. I was against kind of like the... The easy things that, yeah. even even though they, it's like yeah they work for some people but it's like I don't want shakes I don't want you to feel like you need shakes, I don't want you to feel like you need supplements or anything like that, and it's like a year ago my wife and I launched a health supplements company, and we have a number of supplements and we're going to be putting a shake out, um, but I don't think of it as a shake and I'll tell you why and some of the things that changed my mind it's like it was more my ego saying that those things are bad and it's ju- judgmental saying that like all of it's bad and you don't need any of it. Like, that's not correct. That's not quite correct. But I think being young, you can afford to be that stupid for a little bit and kind of see how that works out for you. Right. But it was, um, I, I take jazz, uh, piano lessons and I study with, uh, uh, a man who's wonderful. He wrote a great book called effortless mastery named Kenny Werner. And so, um, he's getting older, and he's um been overweight for a while, but like during the lessons in the morning, I noticed he's like drinking a shake in the morning. I'm like, what's in your shake? And just kind of talk to him about it. It's like, well, if this master, you know, is just like finding he it turns out I think I can't remember how much he lost, but like over 80 pounds, and he just basically drank the shake in the morning instead of whatever else he was doing and then ate normally for the rest of the day. And it's like, right. man. He's not going to cook for himself. These you know, giant. He's not going to make a giant salad. Let's be real, realistic here. And so I th- I think you need to be careful with that because like organic, it can be totally abused. And a lot of times like people only sell diet books because they have shakes to sell and they only do that to keep you hooked and keep you fat and keep you sick so that they can keep making money out of you and exploit you. And so trying to find, uh, I, I guess, an, a way to do this with integrity that actually helps people um, is a challenge but has allowed me to, I think, broaden my vision of what, what works for people. And I, I try to be non-judgmental at all about like, if something is serving you and working well for you, I don't care what I do. I don't care that it's different from you whatsoever. I think that's great and you should keep doing that. And and also, yeah. even if I don't personally do something or 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 take something... I think it's important to honor that that there are, so, there are infinite things that can be helpful for people.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, I think anyone who's been in the industry for, for quite a while, and I've been in, you know, for more than 15 years, and I think at times, especially early on, you can be a bit dogmatic or yeah. a bit of a zealot, and uh, it's part of the learning experience, and it's kind of you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. as you progress and evolve, it's sort of like, okay, well, this is what, I believe and how I choose to live my life and I want to share that with you and if it's something that you can uh, learn from and grow from and that works for you then great because yeah. you know there's plenty of people that need help uh, to the to the degree that if it works for you great let's roll with it if it doesn't I, I'm sure and confident that there's someone else who will yeah. appeal to you to you more and so you, you've obviously found a lot of ways or have a lot of ways to express yourself creatively. Um, And I know that kind of music has been something that you've had as part of your life forever, uh, as you alluded to with, with the jazz piano. And um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about
2: your upcoming venture with your poetry book. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been playing the good guy, Captain America for a little too long. And so now it's, uh, it seems an appropriate time to have fun with words. If if the evil marketers can use them against us, then I'm gonna give them a little taste of their own medicine. And so these these little poems are, you know, 15 to 60 seconds long, maybe. They're little ideas uh, about things that we're struggling with today, like technology, the surveillance state, uh, you know, corrupt politicians and I really dig into a lot of things that are uh, that make me vulnerable that might make the reader challenged and vulnerable as well but I think that's what we all kind of need now is something that's a bit fun maybe a bit whimsical but also um, challenges us to be better than we are or or think about things a little bit differently and so I don't know what this book will do because I'm not used to ticking people off and this will tick some people off
0: (laughs) You know, I think it's, um, one, I think it's funny. I mean, I've, I've read through a a bit of it. So I think it's very imaginative and creative and, and funny. And I appreciate that, you know, you, like you said, I mean, you're, you're expressing yourself, um, and your frustrations, which Mm -hmm. is justified and yeah, it may piss some people off, but it's probably going to appeal to a lot more people and draw a lot more of your tribe closer to you, which ultimately is a a really good thing. And so, you know, so much of your creative expression seems to revolve around, you know, you being fiercely protective of your time and, and and your diet and your exercise and your lifestyle habits. And I think a lot of this has to do with being very cognizant and intentional about what we consume Mm -hmm. and what we can a- allow to consume us. So I find it only fitting that I end our time together here by reading a passage from your upcoming poetry book, if, if that's cool with you. Please do. Yeah. Awesome, man. So the, the, the book is called Designer Babies Still Get Scabies. And the passage I'm going to read is called The Consumers. So bear with me here, guys, and uh, we're going to jump in. So it's called The Consumers. And as it goes, it says, there's more to life, I presume, than to consume, consume, consume. Filling our bellies noon to noon, blowing our bodies up like balloons, trashing billions of plastic spoons, sitting scared in our cocoons, idolizing greedy, disgusting tycoons, using oceans as petrochemical spittoons, making dumps of all the lagoons, treating rivers like our bathrooms, spewing smoke. Out by the plume, turning dinosaurs to dirty fumes, testing poisons on baby baboons, murdering whales with rusty harpoons, sniping all the endangered loons, fracking every last prairie and dune, shooting rockets straight to the moon, firing fireworks from June to June, hoping we're all immune to the reckoning that looms. Fierce hurricanes and unprecedented monsoons, deadly wildfires and Cat 5 typhoons, heat waves cook every plum to prune while we get sloshed and sloppy at saloons, swallowing deep fried crab Rangoon's on our infinite honeymoons. Companies and capitals ruled by goons, sacred rituals and corporate ballrooms, $10,000 slave labor suits on the grooms, shopping for new shoes, Every afternoon, nibbling manufactured plastic macaroons, sucking coke by the tablespoon, believing political cartoons, recruiting more platoons, electing more buffoons, hypnotized by the croon of atomic warheads that go boom. At this rate, we'll be marooned and dragooned on Mars or Neptune. That would be inopportun- inopportune. But friends, it's not all doom and gloom. Buffoons will be lampooned when I'm in the room. You see, we've all been groomed to believe we live in a vacuum, but our reality wears a costume. If we just plant flowers and let them bloom, swap fast food for our favorite legumes, minor peanuts, ditch toxic chemicals in food and perfumes, get more heart in the boardrooms, more love in our bedrooms, grow a few backyard heirlooms, feed kids veggies in the lunchrooms, teach some truth in the classrooms. We'll see there's more to life from womb to womb, then to consume, consume, consume. Abel James, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. As I said, man, I appreciate everything that you're doing to help people live healthier lifestyles.
2: And, um, where can people find out more about you, brother? Well, first Ben, that was a great reading. I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, Best place to find me, if you're looking for the podcast, it's called Fat-Burning Man. Um, you can go to fatburningman.com. There are over 300 episodes there. And then for the goofy, uh, artistic, and musical stuff, ablejames.com is the website for that.
0: All right, guys. You heard it. Check out the links in the show notes. This is episode number 77, so you're going to find it at bslnutrition.com forward slash episode 77. Abel James, you're one of the good guys, man. I really appreciate you and uh, definitely gonna have to have you on
2: again, uh, again soon. It'd be my pleasure, thank you so much. Take care, brother, thank you. You too.
1: Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier more energetic and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.